two, three, four. You're listening to Felony Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Welcome to Felony Inc. Yeah. Um, I'm Murderface Mark from Murder Inc. I'm and DJ I, Dick Hennessy. Yes. And we have Jay Eakin from Eastside Tattoo in the, in the studio today, which is awesome. I get to talk to another tattoo artist who is a ex-convict that changed his life and learned to tattoo and applied it to a positive thing. Right on. Say hi, Jay. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I'm, this is the fastest hour in podcasts in the <laughs> United States. So strap up and be ready because uh, we're going to peel you back like an onion. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and a special shout out to, uh, Dave Dahl and Lad Justison. If you guys are listening, we love you guys. Thank you for the, uh, inventing this or Mark Grimes or whoever, but this is awesome. So very inspirational. <clears throat> and that's a quick shout out to Stacy Hart. Hi, Stacy. <laughs> okay. Um, DJ, uh, Dick, let's, uh, I want you to, um, kind of direct Jay here because I'm, ta- I'm a tattoo artist because yeah. I want kind of a non-tattoo artist okay. um, questioning line of questioning. If I have to um, chime in, I will. But I think that um, I think you know, as a non-tattoo guy, I think this would be more something that you can kind of ask questions because most people aren't tattoo artists. Yeah, that's so. true. And you know, a lot of people ask me all the time. I have zero tattoos at all whatsoever. Oh, I and didn't know that. No tattoos. Here we go, Jay. Tattoo virgin. And people yes. are like, oh, we're we're live, me and Jay are salivating <laughs> right now. It's our favorite. The things we could do. Super rare nowadays. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like a blank canvas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So usually you get a, a canvas at one of these secondhand stores, whatever you think, oh, wow, I can white out over it and do this, but... That's a pure white canvas. Yeah, people always, you know, especially in this day and age in Portland, with you know, I have a little notoriety, a little name in Portland. People are always asking me why why I don't have zero tattoos, and I, I tell them, it originates from when I was younger. I was viewed tattoos as being a visual fingerprint when I was doing criminal activity, so I just never wanted one. I mean, what's the first thing that so, they do? Is uh, yeah, take but, pictures of your but tattoos. now it's like. If you, most people have so many tattoos they can't keep track of them. Right. So if like you're the guy with no tattoos, you are <laughs> yeah, so now busted. I'm the, yeah, you're now so I'm, busted right yeah, now. That's why I'm completely legal like, nowadays. If you, do, if you do a, a, a lineup, it's like uh, <laughs> it's obviously that guy. He has absolutely no tattoos. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like that old Dr. Seuss book where they had the little stars on there through the machine, and then as soon as everybody had stars, well, the thing was not, not have the stars, so they went through the machine again to get the stars taken off. Yeah, oh. same thing. I gotta read that old Doctor Seuss. <laughs> so yeah, a tattoo of a star. I was trying to get my son a, a dentist <laughs> appointment, and um, I guess he goes, "Yes, you'll be having an appointment with Doctor Seuss." I go, "Yes." <laughs> so my son's dentist name is Doctor Seuss. Wow, my, that's funny. And my insurance agent is named Richard Hennessy. No, uh, yeah, are you kidding me? There's no such. Richard Hennessy insures the vagina mobile from State Farm. Oh, <laughs> so I can't make it up. So, yeah. is, um, is there such thing as vagina insurance? Uh, I don't know. I'll look into it. I think that, that if a girl has that good of a vagina, she should insure it. Yeah, like from Tiffany. Because I'm going to murder it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We got uh, off yeah, track. Yeah, that got off a good tangent. We got uh, off track. <laughs> let's, uh, you know, while I'm in the driver's seat right here, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your history, your upbringing, uh, criminal history, <clears throat> stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, so... You know, I grew up in uh, Northeast Portland until I was about 12, 13 years old, back through the uh, 70s and 80s when it really was the hood. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the, 
one of the low, lonely white guys there. Uh, and then I moved into Southeast Portland. I got into dealing drugs, whatnot, probably 17 years old. Uh, and pretty much that lasted through uh, until the late 90s. Uh, and I had, uh, moved up to Seattle for a while and then, uh, I think, uh, things took a turn. I became a drug addict instead of a drug dealer. And then, uh, things took even a worse turn and I ended my criminal career with three bank robberies. I always wish I had the balls to rob a bank. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't say it was balls, more desperation. <laughs> I studied it, though, because um, I was always like on the <laughs> felony floor in jail, and there's always these bank robbers and stuff. And then uh, these guys would like go over their paperwork, kind of like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, it, it, the only thing I got a value out of that was uh, I learned how to tattoo when I was in my last prison stint, and that's carried me to where I am now. So how many stints did you do? Three. And all two, for? Two state, one federal. And everything involving bank robbery? No, the first two were uh, various drug charges. Yeah. State state time? Yep, for the drug charges. And then once you uh, do the banks, you go to the big time. I always avoided the feds. <laughs> You're not a big fan of the feds, Mark? No, I was always, I don't know, somewhere I got this in my head as a young wannabe criminal that avoid the feds <laughs> so I never yeah. so you know 15 20 years ago when everyone's going to prison for the uh, guns armed career criminals and stuff I just would not touch a gun so yeah. and I watched them all go do 15 years for it because everybody had to have a gun because we're outlaws so yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, um, I want to go back a little bit so um, drug addiction or mental health problems that you were aware of early or you went back and I mean did, um, I guess you can I, in some ways drug addiction is a mental illness you right. know what I mean uh but yeah I, I think uh somewhere somewhere in my late 20s I decided to uh see what the hubbub was about what I was selling and uh, <laughs> you know I kind of think there was uh karma saying well you, you're gonna deal this you're gonna feel this so you're one of those drug dealers like um, you know. I was never a good drug dealer I usually gave it away or used it um yeah good for you I guess, yeah. I guess that's your entrepreneurial spirit. yeah yeah you know um, that's the hustler that's still carrying this through hustling ink now that's right Stuff's that's so expensive. Right. so you said it was your third bid that you had the epiphany to start working on tattoos yeah you know uh so when I went on my third bid, I, I was always an artist, man. I just, uh, I just didn't foster it um, after you know a certain young age. Um, and you know, when you go to prison, you got nothing but time. Yeah. So you know, and everybody uh, loves to buy art for canteen or. Well, you know, or yeah. When you're in there and you're broke, you know, everyone needs a hustle. You know, what I mean, and I, I hustled art. And so I just uh, dove back into my art, and I would spend eight to ten hours a day like every day drawing in there and uh someone approached me and said hey man you know how to sling some ink and i said no but i'll figure it out and uh so i made all my own equipment up in there and made my own inks and got busy and that was my that was my apprenticeship you know everybody's talking about apprenticeships brother i had i had the hardest apprenticeship tattoo a person who killed somebody you mess up <laughs> right. she can get real wrong real <laughs> fast so, uh, you know, when I got out, I was able to apply that 
to real life and it wasn't an easy road man uh, you know a lot of people think you just you just hit the bricks tattooing and you're making big money no I had four kids uh, all together and a lot of responsibilities a lot of debt a lot of everything so I had to work uh, two jobs man I had to work in a drilling rig because I had released to the south where my son was living and that was week on week off working five twelves and a really dangerous job And then I'd go home and I'd work six days at the tattoo shop So I had wow. two days off a month for seven years and that's how I paid off all my debt and moved back home to Portland and Then eventually opened up my own shop Yeah, I get that a lot of people just think oh wow you're a tattoo artist. You got a lot of money it's, um, I started off cleaning restrooms for Goodwill um, up and down I-5 that was yeah. how you know because I was determined to not get in trouble and that was a good job a first job that I got through Goodwill and then I worked my way up so yeah I get it. I yeah. get it the hard work it's like yeah. no I wasn't just like granted a tattoo shop you yeah know? no I get a, lot a lot of luck a lot of hard work and I, a lot I, of I see a lot of young people in this industry coming in and uh, you know they think they're gonna be some rock and roll star right off the bat oh my god yeah. I spot them a mile away Man, I love I, it. I'm gonna tell you right now if you're listening to the show you better recognize man because that ain't the way it's gonna go. It's a hard road to tow. You got to pay your dues Nothing comes easy. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's a it's a flooded market with an exceptional amount of Talent yes, I know now, you know uh, I'm just trying to keep up, you know yeah. trying to keep up with these young young guys and, and gals out here tattooing man You know again, I'm kind of out of the tattoo game a little bit, but just out of curiosity, where would you say Portland stands in terms of major, you know, metropolitan cities in terms of the amount of ta quality tattoo artists uh, and shops and stuff like that? You know, I think Portland has a very unique uh, industry for tattooing. Um, we are a school-based uh, city or mm. state now, so un uh. unlike going <laughs> to a one, two to three-year apprenticeship where you had to come in and actually show that you had some talent to draw before they would even consider taking you on. And that's after about four months of cleaning the shop. <clears throat> now, you can just, if you got the money, you can just go to school. You know, Dick, you can go to school right now and get at your tattoo license in 12 months. I don't care if you or can less. draw or not. Wow. They can actually cram them into three months so, now. There's some, shop, yeah, there's yeah. some schools that yeah. will cut you a deal for a three-month thing. And so now we've come into a situation and, you know, some people will uh, not be happy with the way I come about this, but uh, like we have a new style of tattooing called black work. What it is, it's a bunch of lines and dots because these students don't know how to render art. Oh, and, I like black work. And so, you know, our city right now is inundated by tattoo shops from young individuals who got their tattoo license, didn't know anything couldn't get a job, so they opened up their own shop, hired their same buddies who had the same problem, and now they're doing Black a work. type of tattooing that seems to have taken hold. So, I mean, I guess if there, I guess there's a place for it because people are paying for it. But uh, for like high end, really high quality tattooing, I think Portland's lacking in the whole scheme of the country. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, there's there's a couple artists, but you have to go to them. And, there's, a, and, there's a few of us. And, and you have to find them, and you have to, you know, it's not easy. I know Eugene. Now That's what I was going to say. Story. What's, what's the hot city? Uh, Eugene, definitely. Well, uh, Eugene was put on the map uh, due to a couple of individuals, one being uh, Josh Carlton. 
Oh, Josh Carlton. Uh, I read his books on portrait tattooing 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh Carlton. And incredible. He, he was working with a, a pretty big group uh, back east and uh, came this way. And him and his people started one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best tattoo conventions in the country, uh, Evergreen Invitational. We can bump heads about that because I know deep stories. Um, <laughs> Evergreen, good, good yeah. tattoo convention. Um, Josh yes. Carlton's incredible. Um, Miranda, uh, the Area 51, mm -hmm. the whole little Epic Inc. thing. So if you want to talk about that, I don't know if you know the whole storyline behind the uh, Epic Inc. and no. Chris 51. No, I don't. It's a big, long, drawn-out story, but that brought some incredible tattoo artists to Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, Oregon is saturated with some of the best tattoo artists in one small area. Um, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm out of there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eugene is, uh, yeah, it was, and that happened, mm -hmm. a lot of that happened almost simultaneously or um, my coming to Portland was following my son's mother, but um, had nothing to do with the tattoo business. But I'm so blessed to be where I'm at right now because Eugene is definitely, um, there is a lot of incredible artists there. Absolutely. I know, Mark, you were just a big part of the Tattoo Expo that was just here in Portland, correct? I don't know if I'm a big part of it. I'm just, a, uh, uh, you, you know, were, you I'm were, very outspoken and yeah. I like, you know, I, I'm Everybody very... Everybody knows my I saw, a lot of, <laughs> I, I saw a lot of posts from you about okay, it. Okay, so. I, I like, yeah, you know, yeah. I like social media. I like people to see, you know, as an artist, I think that um, I like people to know who I am as a person. I think that's important. Uh, um, I feel there's like a more of a, a personal or a spiritual connection when I'm doing my tattoos. It's not just, I'm just doing this, uh, you know, Yosemite Sam holding a bong on you to just get my 80 bucks or yeah. 120 or 250 or whatever we're charging at the time. Um, you know, um, I like to connect with my customers immediately. So I like to let them know that, you know, I have a heart and I have a soul and I'm going to put that into my tattoo. So that's, you know, that's why I do a lot of social media. It's more than just, uh, you know, me advertising my shop. I want people to know who's tattooing them. They want to know. No, you're right. Do you agree, Jay? I do. I do. I do. I, it's a very personable uh, career. Um, people don't just want tattoos anymore. They want a relationship and an experience that comes with that, you know. And I feel like uh, if you are not able to give that, you're going to fall to the side, man. Yeah. And that's that's so true. When we give you experience, so I hear so many um, of my customers, you know, they, they, I've had customers come in with tears because another shop just told them, you know, basically to fuck off. We don't do walk-ins. Your tattoo is stupid. You know, um, you know, we all welcome them with open arms. Um, um, I don't care. You know, sometimes I have to be able to adjust my tattoo style to the, you know, what the customer wants. They don't all want a photorealism tattoo. Some of them want a Pinterest um, hummingbird with some music notes on it. And we have to be able to recognize that. But I don't want to get off the subject. That's why I have uh, Dick here, because um, I want to keep focusing on Jay, because oh, yeah. I could, we can talk about me all day, but Jay's um, on the hot seat right now. And I want to know, um, okay, so prison, got out. You were working at Dead Gods. So yeah. So you worked at this other place, and then now here you're at Dead Gods. Dead Gods, I love them. They're, they had a good little thing going. Dead Gods is awesome. Uh, it's uh, it's a stacked house of amazing people. And Tyson Dodge, if you're out there, come home. <laughs> I love Tyson. <laughs> you know, it's for me, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a growth shop. That's a place where people like Tyson can go. Oh my God, I'm so impressed with him. Their growth will go through the roof quicker than sitting at some other shop that may be where they're the top dog, you know. Uh, if you put yourself with people who are as good or better, then you're only going to go up. 
You know, you got nothing to do but learn. So, yeah, Dead Gods was that place for me, too. You know, I learned yeah. a lot when I was there. Uh, I, I credit them to where I am at today and uh, really thankful to be a part of that team for a good amount of time. Yeah. So before you started tattooing in jail, um, did, were you self-taught completely or did you have yeah. any like, formal art training at all? No formal art training. Uh, just self-taught, just a creative person. But, you know, I I talk to people who are, you know, have gone to school for art and whatnot and, and, and what that entailed for them. And really, uh, I got more tutelage in prison drawing and having my family send me art books and and whatnot and just teaching myself. I mean, I guess it'd be kind of similar to going to college online. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, I just, I had, I had the drive, you know, and with Positive drive, attitude. if you have drive, uh, you're going to get somewhere. I mean, you just, you just, gonna, you're going to get somewhere. So, so <laughs> a positive attitude is very important. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's why I'm, you know, how do you, how did you get your positive attitude? Where did this come from? Where did you draw your drive and all this from? A lot of people um, out here are like, well, I don't have the drive or what do I do to motivate me? I, you know, maybe I got it from my mom, dude. Uh, uh, I'm an only child uh, raised by my mom, and she's probably the hardest working person I've ever known. So, so did you reach out and just grab that and hold on to it? And yeah, I think so. Was you there know, any sayings or any things that made you continue no, to... I, I wouldn't say there was any sayings. I think, you know, where I went wrong was I, as a young person, I had a lot of self, uh, self-confidence self issues, you know, uh, and... Growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, uh, you would see the dope dealers who had the cars, who had the girls, who had all the clothes. They had all the good stuff. And, you know, me and my mom, we were poor. We were poor. Even though she worked two jobs, sometimes three, we were poor. And I didn't want to be fucking poor. And I didn't want to feel bad about myself. So I felt like money is going to solve that fr- that problem. So I knew that I wanted to sell drugs before I was selling drugs. I, I had made a conscious effort. I guess I had that drive. I just didn't have the drive in the right direction. Right. You know? Uh, and, but everything I did, everything I, I, all the crimes I committed, everything I went through, all created all the life experiences that I have. It put me on the path that I went to, and it might have been a long and difficult path, but it still got me to where I am today. So, you know, I could sit there and reflect back and say, man, I wish I didn't lose all that time. Hold on a minute. We're going to take a commercial break. So all don't right. hold on to that thought because I'm going to keep take off right from right. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service 
which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. get out of prison they don't um, have any motivation they don't have any drive they have this negative um, self-talk that makes them say I'm gonna fail I'm gonna you know I should just go back to dealing drugs I should just you know well I think it's a little more complicated than that and I think that would probably be a whole nother podcast yeah, okay. uh, our system is designed for us to go back it's not designed for us to actually be rehabilitated but we're come we're, out yeah. you have to have help if you don't have help and it's it's just not gonna work out I don't care who you are uh, you got to have some support on the street that's gonna be that's gonna believe in you and I did have that and so uh, you know I can't sit there and say I did everything myself uh, I had help but I wanted it so and that's that's the key thing you have to yeah. want it yeah you, you have to want, want to help it. there's people that will help you yeah there's people that want to help people we have to want the help yeah, most definitely. And so, you know, like I was saying before we left for the uh, break, I I wouldn't change anything that I've gone through. Uh, and Me some neither. people, some people, are like, are you serious? You would still do all. And I said, yeah, because every step I went put me into a a straight line to tattooing. Uh, and the person you are I would today. never yeah I never thought about tattooing. I didn't get my first tattoo till I was like 26 years old and that was my son's name and then probably another 2 years after that most of my ink started when I was in prison. So uh even even getting tattooed I was a late bloomer. Um so if I hadn't gone through those experiences if I hadn't gone to prison uh I wouldn't be tattooing today. And if I wasn't tattooing today, I wouldn't be a business owner today. I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you on a podcast. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of things I wouldn't be doing. So Yeah, you're probably not going to get the VIP to the karaoke <laughs> yeah. stripper, the haunted house stripper. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like sometimes we get too caught up in everything we think we missed to really recognize everything that we have going on. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I just try to live for the moment and live for the future and not really stress about the past. Do you think man. you're more morally sound than most definitely. Most definitely. So. I you know, uh I'm not a I'm not a religious person by any means, uh, but I have morals, I have ethics. Uh, um, I have a belief in treating people the way I want to be treated. You know that 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 golden rule thing we all learn. Doing the next right thing. Yeah. That's Bill's on it. Um I ran over a little cute dog last night way out in the middle of nowhere. Um I started crying. You're an asshole. I, I know it is the middle. I was going around a corner and this little dog was like in the middle of the road. You, don't, I, I, I you just my, don't even know how in love I am with little dogs. I am too. All right. I had my son in my car, otherwise I would have swerved. Um, and and um, he could have handled it. I went around a corner and he's just right there and I just couldn't stop or do anything. I'm so uh. sad. I skidded on the brake sideway. I turned around, went down there, I pulled him off the road. Some lady seen it. It was like out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. This little dog. I rest hope, it, rest I, in I peace. I hope Pete is not listening right now. Rest in peace, madam. 
Um, no, I pulled, pulled Madam off the side. We, we made sure that um, Madam got back to her owners. Mm -hmm. Sad that I, um, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm glad Saxon wasn't awake because um, I don't know. It's sad, but um, I, you know, normally I would have just drove off. So oh, yeah. that's just a, you know, whatever. It's probably it, you know, I knew it was a dog. Um, you know, but I would say oh, it's a raccoon or whatever. But I stopped, and you know, that little thing was I knew it was the right thing to do was stop yeah. and make sure that the owners knew that their dog. Uh, I, I, I swear for squirrels. I do too. <laughs> but this is just yeah, like we all do. My, so, my wife, yeah. she made I be watching. She's like, what, what, what in the world are you doing? I said, I don't want to hit that squirrel. I don't either. Um, so this just broke my heart last night. That, yeah. You know that that dog was right in the middle of the road, and that well, this has nothing to do with the podcast, but nope. that has yeah. to do with the more uh, morals, uh, morals and ethics. Morals and ethics. I could have just drove on and. and the old, the other lady that pulled over would have found it and did that all that, but it was my responsibility to make sure the owners knew. You know, it took me another forty five minutes out of my time, but you know, there it is. There it is. It's just small things like doing the next right thing. Yeah, you did the right there thing, you Mark. There you go. Thank you. So, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, when you were in prison, started doing tattooing, self taught. Mm -hmm. Was there any mentors in there that taught you kind of like shading, you know, additional things with tattooing, uh, take it to the next level, or was that completely just all organic? Uh, so I wouldn't say that there was any mentors, but there was a a, a moment um, early on in my last stint that made me decide that I was going to dive back into art, and uh, I was. At the beginning stages, going to court, so they, you know, you, they trawl you from uh, uh, Sheridan to Multnomah County for your courts, and and so on one of those trips, I get in the tank uh, and I see this old timer uh, drawing this the most beautiful Native American with full head dressing, and it was just gorgeous, uh, and I was just like, wow. Man, I sure wish I could do that. And the whole time, we looked up at me. He says, "By the looks of it, you got plenty of time to practice." And that's what I freaking did. Uh huh. So yeah, and that's what I did. And I always think about him. I don't know his name. I wish I did. I wish I knew what happened to him. But he definitely inspired me, and uh, I took what he said to heart. And so yeah, you know, nice. Everything else was, uh, you know, like I said, I had family who were sending me books, uh, drawing on the right side of the brain. Man, uh, if you're if you're looking to get into art and you want some tutelage through a book, that's the book. I'm gonna go get it. It's amazing. Um, techniques that are, you know, thousand years old in that book. I have a question. And still work today. So I always think about the right side, left side. I'm not good mm -hmm. at math or numbers or whatever, unless like you know I'm. You know, really important. I can just mm -hmm. zone in on it. But normally, m numbers are just like all out here in this jumbled little thing in my head. But you know, art mm -hmm. different. So is that the right side? Art is the right side or left side? Uh, no, uh, I believe it. Yes, it's art is on uh, art, your creative side is right side. Your uh, your analytical side would be left. Your wires are crossed. So usually, people who think with their right side are left handed. Not everybody, of course, but it's it's common. Um, more people are left-brained and are right. Oh, but then there are those few uh, that are right-left confused. That's me. And that's me. I can draw and tattoo with both my hands. Uh, did both the tops of my hands. Uh, I, I look at art in an analytical way. You know, so I think that's something that not a lot of people do. We can always relearn that, though, right? You can learn anything. Exactly. You can learn anything. 
Dick, you ready to start tattooing? Uh, almost. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm ready, to start, I'm ready to start DJing uh, strip clubs. Switch it up. Yeah. How does it day? Where's your beautiful girlfriend? Uh, she's in Tillamook right now, but she'll be up here later tonight. If she's listening, She'll hi. be at the White Cloud party tonight. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I love she her. She makes me feel good. She's like comes up and says hi to me and all that. She's awesome. Yeah, I love her too. She's perfect. Yep. yep. Yeah. Good for her. Hi out there. <laughs> What's up, Missy? Yeah. But yeah, uh, so just out of curiosity, so how far into your third bid did you actually start taking tattooing seriously? Uh, I'd say probably halfway through. Um, so I, I tattooed in there for probably three, four years, uh, you know, until I got out. And then immediately as soon as I got out, I, I was tattooing. Like I bought a tattoo equipment the first week I was out. Wow. Worldwide Tattoo Company. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Uh, it was... Spalding and Rogers. No. It was... Uh, Superior. Superior. Okay. Got it. That's third right. try. That's right. Superior. Did you ever envision a tattoo shop back then when you were like, you know, like... You oh, said, God, no. Did you like take the steps, like the 10-year plan or any of that? You oh, just man. wanted a tattoo. I just... I was just... Owning a shop sucks. <laughs> I was trying to pay off the almost $100,000 uh, worth of fines, fees, and child support I owed. That's, yeah, what, that's what was on my mind, so... Um, children and robbing banks is not cheap. <laughs> Adds up. It does, Which is yeah. more expensive, the banks yeah. or the children? Uh, the children. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, basically, um, when you got started, did you know, like, you just hit the ground running immediately when you were out, or did you just yeah. do it as a side hustle? Or? No, I, I hit the ground running immediately, and soon figured out that I was going to have to have something else, because yeah. it wasn't going to pay the bills. Um, you know, and... So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a lot of work. But I remember getting out, and I remember just having all the energy. You know what I mean? I, I had a, a a renewed vigor for life, and I was ready to do whatever I needed to do. And so I yeah, even though I worked every day, pretty much uh, two days a month off, and that was usually spent driving to the rig because it was always four hours away, and you just stay on location. Uh, and then coming back. So, you know, I didn't have any free time, which maybe also helped get me out of trouble <laughs> and, <That's all>. uh, <laughs> you know, staying really busy. So yeah, but it all paid off. And then once I figured I, I had enough skill set, you know, cause like I said, you don't, you don't, you don't learn everything right away. Uh, and I felt like I could support my family just tattooing. Then it was time to move home. And, uh, start tattooing here in a big city because I was in a smaller town back in Arkansas. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I've been home now seven years. So in seven years, yeah, I, I, I came in with zero clientele, not knowing anybody because I'd been gone for so long to owning my own shop, uh, with, you know, a four to six month booking. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing and I'm pretty grateful. And would you say that's a testament to your just uh, talent in terms of a tattoo artist, your ability to network and communicate with people and be likable or a combination of both? So, well, definitely um, social media. You know, when I got out of prison, I'd never seen a cell phone. I didn't know what the Internet was. I, none, of that, none of that stuff. I, there was none of that stuff when I went in. And all of a sudden, there's smartphones and uh, Facebook and MySpace. <laughs> Which is where I met my wife. Oh, you got MySpace. <laughs> you yes, actually had MySpace. You got out. So that's right. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, a but, long time. But uh, you know, 
I still had that drive that I've always had. So I knew that social media was going to be the ticket. And, and I, I Googled everything I could find out about it, read everything I could find out about it, you know, got my following on Instagram up to like 12,000, you know, uh, and that was a huge boost in business. So I do that. Yeah. If you (laughs) tattoo and you do not work your social media as hard as you work your tattooing, you ain't living up to your potential then. No, I I work my social media. It's just that I want my organic follows. Um, Well, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I didn't pay for anything. It was, it was purely, I spent a year and a half and went from 1500 to 12,000. Hold on, I gotta check my Instagram to wow. see how many I have right now. Yeah, Mark, what's the number? <laughs> Hold on, I'm checking. I, I, I always like, this guy's calling me right now. Doesn't he know I'm on a podcast? <laughs> Probably a bill collector. So, yeah, so I, I understood the importance of that. And yeah, you know, I like to think I'm pretty skilled, but at the same time, uh, I know I'm just, like I said earlier, trying to keep up with all these uh, young, talented people coming into the industry. 1,976 followers. That's all right. Crack 1,100. Almost 2,000. I need to get another 10,000 to get it. That's going to be a goal of mine. Well, you know, I'm I'm actually, I'm putting, I'm I'm trying to put together a uh, seminar on social media and running your tattoo business for young people who are opening their shops and don't know how to run a business. And I want to offer it for free because I want to give something back I'm gonna to do that. the I'm company gonna, that's given to me. So. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to charge two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, the the for me, you know, we can uh, co-host it. <laughs> for me, I just uh, I don't I, I don't need the money, you know. To you know, I I I would rather just know that I've helped somebody else who is struggling, not struggle as hard. You know, okay, I, I think that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a big. For, that, uh, that's that's the whole feed no, the fish it, for feed, feed the guy for a day, not a life. Though yeah, the biggest gift is giving. It is. I try to instill that upon my kids. Even Saxon, I, it's, it's a struggle to get him to teach him to share. Sometimes he just doesn't want it. He wants it. You know, I don't know where he gets that because I have share, I give, whatever. Um, the best gift you get so much back when you give. Um, that's just that's yeah. a good point right now for anybody listening that's doing any kind of yeah. business, entrepreneur, or just working a job, or just uh, you know if you're homeless, you give and you get back. Well, you know, and so, when you pass away, no one's going to remember you for your money. No, no one cares. They're going to remember you for your good deeds. That's so, so true. It's the only thing you get to take with you. The only material that's possession it. you can take with you, you or know. leave behind. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, you know, if you money's if, just an uh, obscure thing out there. In you the know, space. money money definitely helps life be a little easier you know what i mean uh i can remember struggling for bills <laughs> and how much stress that I, can I still do and how how that emanates uh you know so i i fully understand that i'm not trying to discount it but like i was telling a friend just recently man that's going through some stuff uh it will pass it will pass it always passes it you know it's ever passing you know don't live in it just move past it and try and help somebody because that's going to make you feel so much better. You know, it's kind of the push it forward. You know, type something that always makes my day is you know, you look you walk down the streets and I'm downtown, so you see a lot of people that are, you know other people would think are weird or ugly or 
you know, fat or whatever you want to say about somebody or whatever. Shit, I'm somebody all that. Somebody that's, more, <laughs> that's why I'm bringing this up. No, yeah. but somebody that I would consider like less advantageous or whatever. And I take a moment, I see him, I can say, Hey, how you doing? Um, well, I like your coat or just have a little compliment or something. And just, you know what? You see that little, it goes a long way. It goes so far. And I try mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, get Saxon to understand that. He said, I don't know where he gets this. I'm so frustrated. He says, Hey, you fat guy. And I was like, no, don't say that. He's like, hey, hey. So I'm, just, yeah. I'm trying to instill this, uh, you know, this, just giving this good energy out. Man, he's so. at that age right now where he's just full tilt, man. Oh, he, you have no idea. Oh, I, I, I do. I do. Three boys and one daughter. <laughs> so uh, I've been through it. They, they, they are full tilt at that age. They got two speeds, full and asleep. <laughs> and they don't do the sleep very yeah. often. They call it ludicrous or something. Ludicrous, something like that. And just, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. at, you know, while we're on the topic of paying it forward, uh, when you were in Sheridan, you were doing tattoos and you started getting in the rhythm of things and uh, you know developing your craft. Did you ever mentor any? Did anyone come up and you kind of took them under your wing and kind of taught them while, how to do it as well? Or? While in prison, yeah. Uh, no, not really. Uh, prison is. Uh, it's it's a different place and it's not a place that fosters relationships uh you you know i I had the saying i'm i came in here by myself i'm leaving by myself yeah i'm not here to make long lasting friendships you're 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 in an environment of hustlers and con artists and killers uh and so you know everybody's looking for an angle so (laughs) you got to really have your guard up and you got to be strong-willed in that you know and uh so yeah, no, there was there was none of that. There was just uh, trying to keep myself out the out out all the bull. I'm gonna say that um, way back in the day, I know you know early mid '80s, '90s, when I was doing some of my first prison stands, we were always like helped each other out, you know, learning tattooing. You know, we were all like 20 years old or whatever, and you know. We we did we did share knowledge, so that's different. Yeah. Yeah, the feds are different though. Yeah. Those dudes yeah. are doing four hundred years, and and, yeah. and they want your stamps. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I was in a high security uh, institution. You know, I was only at Sheridan for a minute, and then I got uh, sent to California because they like to ship you around. And then I ended up at Beaumont USP, and I'll tell you right now. That, that was a rough spot, man. That was that's a you know they want to do scared straight. They need to send them there. <laughs> it was so bad they shut the whole prison down right when I was getting released. Yeah, and they had to start all over. Wow, staff and inmates. They so. call it going out the back door, right? <laughs> Don't they got like gurneys up in the hallways? It, it was it was really bad. It was really bad, you know. Uh, and, and I think that that also helped, you know, facilitate. Hey, don't come back. Yeah. They also you, people are way more respectful there, aren't they? <laughs> There's like they're not yes and no. I yeah. it all just depends, you know. Uh, you got you got a lot of mental illness in there too, you know. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that just they're never getting out, so there needs something to break up the monotony. And they don't care. So it's just best not to be in their sights yeah. to be that uh, that when, catalyst when that when, <laughs> when the time comes when That's the time right. bomb ticks. That's right. You know, and it was really racial in there, you know, really oh, divided. Just, that sucks about prison. Yeah. You know, so divided. And I have a, a mixed race child and, and so I just wasn't a part of that. And so I you know, I had a I had a tough road. I I definitely got in, in some fights, uh, you know, with the various white supremacy groups that felt like, Oh, we got this big tattooed white boy here, uh he needs to, you know, 
hook up with us. And, you know, that shit wasn't going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> that shit was not happening. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, it, they want you on the front line when time, they, when, the, when the shit hits. <laughs> they, yeah. It, it, you know, like I said, misery loves company. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to do a commercial. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you can easily control how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Felony Inc. sent you and get $150 credit. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Dick, it's, yeah, it's take the done. reins, buddy. <laughs> I was just curious. You know, uh, as being someone that's been through some stuff, you know, as, as we all have, uh, I suffer from anxiety and PTSD as a result of it, I feel. And just out of curiosity, you know, when, with what you've been through with the bank robberies and things like that, um, when, you're, when you go inside banks, do you ever have uh, flashbacks or anxiety, your palms start itching or sweating, anything? You like know, uh, or are you even allowed in banks right now? Oh, yeah. I, I actually, uh, when I came back to Portland, uh, I started a bank account at the last bank I robbed. <laughs> the That's same not, exact branch? The exact, the exact same branch. It's yeah. It was, it was kind of like, I wonder. Will they? And uh, yeah, no, they opened up a bank. I thought I was going to be on like some list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do not. I would assume the same thing. Uh, but no, they they not only did that, they gave me a free hundred fifty dollars for starting a business account too. So you know, I got, I got. I guess I got a little bit more money out of that. <laughs> That's what everybody yeah. says. They can't open a bank that, that account. Was, that was well. That was Wells Fargo, and and they are a shitty bank. Uh, I, I don't bank with them no I'm, more. I'm mad at them. I'm mad at yeah. Chase. Now I'm mad at U.S. Bank. Yeah. Well, that was one I'm of the going ones to, I got. I'm going to On Point right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I use uh, Trailhead, man. I like them. Small, local. You know, I'm, I'm all about supporting the uh, smaller local businesses over the big chains. Me too. Yeah. So do donuts. Yum. When you said you did uh, three banks, the first two you got away with, and the third one caught yeah, you. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, dumb luck. Uh, the first two, the cameras were inoperable. Wow. So they didn't even have footage of me. <laughs> it's like the Wild West. You didn't um, know that. Did you know that at oh, the time? Oh, no, I didn't know that. I Honestly, man, like I said, I, I was just, I needed some money for some drugs, and I knew that they had some money there. Was it meth so, or heroin? At the time, meth. I was never a, an H guy. God, so. You don't really see many people robbing no. banks for meth. But no. I, I'm, I'm the first. I, I want to be up, not down. You know? right. You're so, the first that's going to yeah. rob a bank for meth. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. But, uh, but I know of. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the first two, uh, they didn't know who, who had done it. You know what I mean? And uh, the third one, everything uh, went wrong and and I I got caught you know three miles from the spot and uh, I had a girlfriend at the time uh, who was listed as a crime partner and so when I got arrested they were looking to see if she was involved so they were looking for her and so I you know did the gentlemanly thing and said Took well the rep. I I told well I told her I told them that she had nothing to do with it and if they leave her alone I'll tell them about the other banks and they're like oh there's other banks and I was like yeah so. You know, and it added like a year and a half onto the sentence that I would have got. So it wasn't like a big hit. And, uh, you know, of course, I never saw the girl again, you know. Who knows where she went. And they, say, <laughs> yeah. they say chivalry is dead, right, Mark? <laughs> she did them all. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, yeah. Shivery's not dead. No. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're some of the most... Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, Mark. Uh, so, Mark, uh, or actually, do you... You know, there's a couple people I know that are super, super famous tattoo artists, like Mr. Mm -hmm. Cartoon out of L.A. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite tattoo artist that you look up to or are inspired by? Man, uh, I couldn't say one, man. There's there's just so many uh, amazing tattooers out there. Uh, just... I mean, honestly, there's <laughs> there's just so Josh many. Josh Carlton, yeah. I mean, Josh Carlton's amazing. Uh, Guy Atchison, yeah, and I know Guy personally, and he's oh, wow. uh, he's an amazing dude, uh, an amazing artist. Um, Jeff Gogway, Jeff Gogway's an amazing artist too. Yeah, like I said, there's so many of them. Um, not I, one I just, I just, no, nah, there's not just one person that I just pull from. Uh, you know, there's there's just so many, uh, and. Yeah. There's a lot that I don't even who I don't even know who they are. Like That's Russia, the, Russia right uh, now is putting out tattoo work that just looks unreal. Like what's in the water there, and did, can I get some? Right? Did you see the Romanian guest artist we had? Did you see any of that? I think I did see. He's, he's probably did. not even a good tattoo artist, but he's like he was actually probably one of the best tattoo artists in Portland. He did a little guest spot here. He's down in L.A. now, but. Um, uh, Stefan, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Come back. <laughs> Great guy. Um, yeah, but he's like a youngster, and these guys just like, you know, better, you know. Well, and that's like what I was saying about, you know, just trying to keep up. That There's a lot of young people, and they just pick it up faster. They just pick up everything it's, faster. But you're right. There's something in the water in Europe. You know? <laughs> uh, a lot of yeah. the, the European bloc yep. nations, the Eastern Europeans mm -hmm. are... are uh, just doing these, they're yeah. they're reinventing things yeah. every day. As I, far I, as I think it probably has to do with strife. Never possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. struggle. You, you you know, struggle can make you hustle harder. You know, um, motivation. Yeah. That's, you know what? He had no idea how how to charge for his tattoos, and his tattoos are you know mm -hmm. he charged a hundred dollars for a six hundred dollar tattoo, and yeah. he would be happy with it. Yeah. So I'm just like, hold on, stop. Listen, this is what's going on here. Um, I made sure he was taken care of. I want to say though, I'm gonna my one artist, um, Dick. Yeah. That I is Nico Hurtado. Um, the guy's loved by everybody. Um, he's an incredible artist. And the, and whenever I see him, I'm just this crazy dude. That's like, you know, it makes no sense. And he took the time to like hang out at me, hang out with me in L. A. and in Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, and he liked me. So I mean, yeah, I like Nico. You probably not listening to this, but he's an awesome. He's a person, and he's way up here on this pedestal. And um, he comes down and says, "Hey." So yeah, and that's a rare thing. A lot of times with some of these uh, tattoo artists, Carl Grace. Shout yep. out to that guy. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> Carl Grace. Carl you know, Grace. I, I think Carl Grace is is if I was to put someone out there, Carl Grace because his, his story is just he's, like ours. We man. need he's, to get him on this show. He's yeah. an, he's an ex con who has just turned the turned the industry upside down as far as freehand tattooing. Oh, I'm gonna. So, oh, you yeah, know, people tell me they want a freehand. Go, don't even do it unless you're Carl Grace. He's the only person gracing. So I want to say one thing, though, um, as far as, but I think this is important, because there's a lot of ex-cons out there, and hopefully they're listening, or will listen to them when, it's, when they listen to other podcasts, is, you know, you can make a career out of tattooing. Um, there's a couple little things you need to go through, the schooling or whatever, and I've seen a lot of people overcome the obstacles. Schooling's expensive. Um, you know, I've seen these people get a job. I've seen people get a job and take a loan out. There's Vogue Rehab. There's um, several um, avenues to go if you want to pursue your tattooing um, find somebody that you like that has a shop or that you relate to that's um, willing to you know kind of semi-apprentice you even though there's no actual thing as apprenticing in the state of Oregon which I'd love to bring back 
Um, I think it's a travesty mm -hmm. that the state took that out of the uh, tattoo industry. <clears throat> but um, any artist, don't be discouraged because you can, uh, you know, that's why I really wanted um, Jay on this episode because people that are artists that, you know, can't seem to overcome these hurdles. They tattooed in prison or whatever. A lot of this shined on, they call it, you know, a tattoo gun or a tat gun or, you know, whatever. We're not that bougie. Uh, we don't care. It's a tattoo machine or a gun. I don't care. I'm not going to judge anybody from where they come from. There's a lot of stigma behind tattoo or prison tattoo artists. The people that never went to prison think that there's like this stigma, but there's some incredible artists. Yeah. Find your way to get your license, you know, do the steps, whatever. Don't get discouraged. Get a job in the meantime. You know, whatever you have to do to make those steps to pursue what you want to be is your career. Most definitely. That's true. Uh, so just out of curiosity, right now you have a thriving tattoo business. Yes. Um, very successful, obviously. Uh, you have a good social media following. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years, 20 years? Do you have an end game on this or any goals and aspirations you have yet to achieve? Uh, end game hopefully ends on uh, a beach house doing a whole lot of nothing. Oregon beach house? Oh, oh I'm only, only Oregon. <laughs> only hey, we're Oregon. Gonna, um, you got anything else to say? We're going to wrap this up right now. Time's out. I told you I the fast, fastest okay. hour in podcast is right here, Felony Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think I've done more talking today than I have Do you want to say anything to any of your artists or anybody you know out there that might be listening? Um, man, you know, well, to my artists, thank you. You make the shop what it is. And, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're struggling and, you, you know, you just got out the joint, man, just... You need some. You need some direction. You Can need I have something. Ivan back? <laughs> you know, stop by uh, Eastside Tattoo. We can always chat. You nice. know what I mean? I can always give advice. Yeah. That shit's free. You pay for it. That's right. Yeah. Jay, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, um, well, thanks for having me, man. I yeah, appreciate it. I'm glad you came in at last minute like this. And yeah, great Dick, guest. I'll be seeing you. Yeah. And yeah, it's another episode of Felony Inc. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.